Hey everyone, welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships without shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And this week, the letter is I. And today I'm talking about impact play. Now, a lot of people think impact play is always um, intense or is always a part of really intense BDSM. But actually, impact play can be quite simple. It can be a friendly tap or pat. Impact play is any time you are trying to cause pleasure um, to your partner, sensual or sexual pleasure to your partner using an impact. Now, the joy someone gets from impact play can be um, a purely sexual experience, but sometimes people do impact play in order to have a catharsis. So that is um, in order to bring up emotions and release them. Um, and other times they do it for stress relief. And so I'd like to invite you to think about when somebody goes to the gym and is punching a bag in order to get some stress relief. So they're making impacts into the bag in order to blow off steam, correct? So all of those are examples of what you can get out of impact play. But most often when we talk about impact play, we see it as embedded in BDSM relationships, right? Impact play is a staple for those types of relationships and that type of fun. So let's talk about types of impact first. And don't forget that you can write in Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com with questions if you've got any, or you can phone in because there is a lot of scope on this topic, and I may not answer all your questions immediately. So if you phone in, yes, obviously we'll hear you. If you're shy, do write in and I will answer questions then. And so I'll keep an eye on the email while we're doing this. Okie doke. So let's talk types of impact. So I'm going to talk two general categories to start. We've got impact that is thuddy, with a big thud, versus sting. Now, this is all about the sensation that's being created by the impact. Thuds are, sensations are dense and they tend to be heavier. Stinging sensations tend to be sharper. How painful these sensations are depends on a whole bunch of factors. Uh, in, in the first instance, your pain threshold is going to make a difference as to how you experience these types of impacts. Now, your pain threshold can vary from day to day. Things that implicate, sorry, things that impact, I guess again, that word, things that impact your pain threshold include tiredness, your stress level, your emotional state, right? Those things will all impact how you experience pain. If you're feeling ill, that will lower your pain threshold. If you're exhausted, that will lower your pain threshold. So what that means is, is that things will hurt more quickly 
or more intensely or both. The other thing that will influence the way you experience these sensations and how painful they are is implement. What kind of implement is somebody using to hit you? For example, thick paddles, thick wooden paddles are heavy. They tend to be more painful than some other things. Um, if you're not into stinging pain, a whip is a sharp, it's a sharp shock that, that may be more painful than uh, somebody slapping you, for example. It's also down to the person who hits you. Who's doing the hitting? How much power do they put into the strike? How skillful are they at varying the level of depth of the strike? And finally, are they putting energy into it as well as force? When they put energy into it, it's going to feel different than when they just put force. So those are the things that influence how much pain you might experience. In general, the larger the surface area of the toy, the thuddier the sensation is. Okay. So for example, if you're using a nice big hand, that'll probably be thuddy. Um, if you're using a dragon tail, that's going to be stinging more likely. A dragon tail is made of leather and it's got a soft tip. And um, it, when you flick it, you usually get hit partly with the, the more stiff part of the tail and then the tip digs in. So um, that is a very stingy sensation, whereas the hand is more likely to be a thuddy sensation. A large paddle, you're going to have thud. Um, a small flogger, a very small flogger. So where the tails of the flogger are very thin, you're going to have sting. Lots of people have a preference for the type of sensation they like. Some people like stingy better. Some people like thuddy better. Other people do like both. So it's always worth trying a lot of things and experimenting till you find what actually works best. Don't forget that hands and feet are fabulous implements for impact play. The intimacy of your partner using their body for impact and often the physical closeness that happens when they're using their body for impact can add extra layers to the sensations. They can also be more challenging. It can be more emotionally challenging to have somebody put you over their knee and spank you. It can also be much sexier than to have somebody standing at a distance behind you and using a flogger on you. So these are all things to consider when you're wading in here and starting to experiment. You always need to make sure that you get enthusiastic consent for the play in general, the instruments you plan to use, and the areas you plan to hit. Be clear about marking. Some things will mark up your skin no matter how lightly you use them. And, and you know, the other thing is, is that, again, people's bruise um, factors are different. Some people bruise more easily. Some people bruise uh, more slowly. It's more difficult to make them bruise, but that can vary with you too. Just like the uh, sensation of pain can vary, so can the um, amount of bruise or mark that you have according to your physical health, um, according to whether or not you had alcohol that day, which I don't recommend, by the way, according to um, a variety of other factors and where it is on the body. Sometimes some people will bruise easily and other times they'll bruise 
much less easily. So these are more factors that you need to be considering when you're answering the question, if marking is okay. So sometimes marking is not predictable. So there are certain implements you don't want to play with if, mar if, if you really, really, really can't have a mark. For example, canes. Canes tend to mark, period. So if you really are like, no, I can't have a mark that lasts on my body anywhere, then canes is something I would avoid. Whereas if you use your hand and you're spanking, so it's an open hand, less likely to leave a lasting mark. It may well leave a mark for a while, but lasting as in by the end of the evening, will the mark still be there? Or by the next morning, will the mark still be there? Maybe not, most likely not. So those are things that you definitely want to consider when you're thinking about that question, is it okay for there to be a mark? Now, some people really like marks because marks help them to relive how they got the mark. And that can be a lot of fun, particularly if the mark is not somewhere uh, visible so that employ it's going to be a problem with employers. It's somewhere that it is hard to see um, and that you're only going to, you'll be able to see it only in private. And so it's not going to, it's, not going to be a problem with your employers because they're not going to see it. It's not going to be a problem with friends and family because they're not going to see it. Um, you're the one who's going to see it. If you also have another partner at home, they might see it. That can be a lot of fun. Reliving the experience can be an awful lot of fun. But for other people, they just don't want to see it. They don't like the idea of having marks or they're afraid that their employer will see them. It's like having hidden tattoos, right? Um, so people can be really uncomfortable about it. So these are all the things you need to cover in negotiation to begin with. Um, so we'll move on in a minute. I want to talk about safety and, and, and hitting various parts of the body and, and the things you need to be careful of. And I remind you that in this case, negotiation really needs to be quite detailed. You cannot assume anything. So in general, we talk about it being safest to hit the parts of the body that have a good amount of flesh on them, right? So the, that's why the bum is a target so often, because most bottoms have some flesh on them. So you can be aware that there's flesh on your bottom and that that makes it easier. Um, you're less likely to cause injury, although you may cause bruising, you may, you may welt somebody, you may even break the skin, but it's more likely to heal, right? Um, then if you're using um, an implement somewhere else on the body where there isn't so much flesh. So that is definitely a safer way of working, but it isn't guaranteed. And um, we're about to go to break, but when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you a story about what happened with a skin break on a bottom and how dangerous that became because of not being aware of all the issues that are necessary to keep you safe. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors and we'll pick it up with more on Impact Play. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. 
plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is I is for Impact Play this week, and this is segment two. And just before the break, I was talking to you about um, the fact that impacts on the butt are usually considered to be relatively safe because there's usually quite a bit of flesh on the rear end. And so that's a good place to aim for. But I said I would tell you a story about when it went wrong um, so that I can emphasize to you how important it is that you have a thorough conversation with the person you're playing with about any limitations you have physically, any illnesses you have, medications that you take, because all these sorts of things can influence your healing times, right? So this is so, so important. So um, back in 2008, I was, um, it was 2008, I was having a scene with somebody that I was seeing and during the course of the scene, there was a skin break on my bum. And by that, I mean, um, I believe that it was a cane that he hit me with, in fact. And it welted and it broke the skin. So there was a little bit of blood. Um, of course, we cleaned it up, but there was a little bit of blood there, right? So we cleaned it up. Um, but we didn't take any extra special precautions. Now, in 2008, um, my uh, systemic lupus, I was I was being treated with a number of immunosuppressant drugs and I was susceptible to infection. Um, so when, and then I got on an airplane cause I was playing out in California and I flew back to England. So that was 11 and a half hours 
sitting on my butt. You know, the one with the skin break. A couple of days later, I had a boil. So I had an infection on the skin break. And so I treated that the way I'd normally treat a boil, didn't think very much of it. Within a week, there were two, and then there was a third. And then I took myself off to the doctor and said, you know, what's going on here? And he asked me, you know, were you playing rough? Because that's sometimes what people will say. And I said, yes, we were. And he said, okay, this is a pretty bad infection. He gave me some antibiotics and some other uh, creams and things, but it didn't heal. So within two days, I was actually in the hospital with suspected sepsis, which is when your blood is infected, okay? It was really serious. I spent um, 10 days in the hospital. I had to have the wounds debrided. I have a scar to this day. Um, I almost died as a result of that skin break. Live and learn. This could have been avoided if, A, there had been a really good understanding that um, if I hadn't, that if I had any skin breaks, we try to avoid skin breaks for this reason, but if I had any skin breaks, that there's a, a, a regimented ritual that we go through in order to keep things clean and in order to make sure that um, there's plenty of um, antibiotic cream on and, and keep it less likely to, for me to be um, getting an infection. And were I to get a boil, for example, again, Whereas most people would try and treat that at home, I would go straight to a doctor because I know that I could end up in the hospital with that. So it's tremendously important that in your negotiation discussion that you let somebody know any of these issues. Um, I don't play with somebody without them knowing which medications I'm on. I will give somebody a list of medications. Now, for me, I don't play um, casually. I only uh, get involved with people that I know, so it's easier that I have, you know, like a longer term relationship or friendship with. But if you're doing casually, you still want to let people know I'm on immunosuppressants and make sure they understand what that means. Make sure if you're more susceptible to infection that they understand what that means. Make sure you're talking about any limitations you might have. If you have a physical limitation, an area of your body that's been injured, you probably don't want to be hit on that area. So this is essential. In general, it is safest to hit parts of the body that have a good amount of flesh. You want to avoid major organs. So most people, although many people do impact play on the stomach, it's not a great idea. Um, you want to avoid the kidneys and you want to avoid beating someone directly on their spine. It's also good to avoid head, ear and ears. And some people will tell you it's good to avoid calves and feet. Um, I know a lot of people who enjoy bastinado, which is hitting the feet. Um, there are some risks associated with that. If you move around too much your, your and the strike goes awry, you're likely to fracture bones. So you need to be quite careful about this. But I want to point out again to you that um, this is all of this stuff, all of this playing, all of this stuff is not without um, risk. This is risky. It's sometimes very risky and sometimes not very risky, but it is risk, okay? So you need to be aware that you're taking a risk and you need to assess how much of a risk do I want to take? It's risk assessment. How much of a risk do I want to take? Be aware of what the risks are. Have a conversation with somebody about the risks. For all impact play, you need safe words. And I also suggest uh, nonverbal safe words or safe cues. 
Um, these are the things that tell the person who is providing the impacts when things are getting almost too much or when they need to stop or when you're in difficulty. For example, if you were to get triggered by something, you would want to be able to let the person know that this was no longer fun and you were triggered. I like the traffic light system. The traffic light system has always worked well for me. So green is, yep, this is fine. This is great. Sometimes with some people, green is give me more, please, right? Yellow, it's becoming uh, quite difficult. I'm almost to the place where I can't manage anymore. And sometimes, you know, depending on who you're, who you're playing with and you negotiate this, sometimes yellow is just a way of letting the person know they're approaching your limit so that they will back off, but you don't want them to completely stop because if they stay in the place they are, you'll manage it, right? Red is stop, stop, stop. So many people find that very easy um, because most people understand the traffic lights. So if you're shout, if you start shouting red, it'll be easy for the person to understand. You still need to negotiate this in advance, but many people find this useful. Sometimes it's difficult to speak. You may have something in your mouth, or you may just find it hard to speak when you're in the midst of this type of play. And so a nonverbal uh, is a good thing to have as a safe word to let the person know. Um, so it might be if I tap you three times on a particular body part, that means yellow. Or if I tap you three times on a particular body part, it means stop. Uh, another good safe word, calling person a person by their name and uh, by their full name. Many times people um, who are engaging in BDSM use honorifics to refer to each other. So you might hear sir or ma'am or madam or maestro or master um, or mistress. I mean, there's all sorts of honorific terms that people use even if they're only playing for one scene. And so um, in order to let someone know that you are no longer in the scene headspace, you're no longer playing, this is really becoming uh, either upsetting or excruciatingly painful, if you use their name most of the time, their government name, as my friends call it, their legal name, most of the time people will be like, oh, okay, they're trying to get my attention. So that's another one that you can negotiate. But again, you need to make sure that you are talking this through with the person you want to play with. If you're playing with somebody for the first time, it's a good idea to have like a, a testing session where you are rating the amount of pain on a scale from one to 10. So that helps the person gauge where to pitch their strikes and so that they can prolong the play because you don't want a scene that ends in a minute and 30 seconds. That's no fun. Um, you're not going to get the good, um, the good endorphins from that. You're not going to get the great feelings from that. So you want to be able to pace yourself. But keep in mind that even when you've done that sort of a, hey, this is, this is a, a testing session so you can feel what I'm feeling, right? This is that testing um, so you can get an idea of how much I can take. That next week, if, I, if I'm under the weather and I'm tired and I only had two hours sleep and now we're going to play, what felt like a five to me last time might be a 10. So these are movable feasts. So it's really important that you keep up communication, continue talking with the people you're playing with.
And sometimes that can feel very difficult. But if you're going to be safe and you're both going to have a good time, and when I say you're going to be safe, I don't just mean the bottom. I also mean the top. If everybody's going to be safe, they all need to know when things feel good and when they don't feel good. It's really important. Uh, let's talk, we're going to start talking about different types of impact play and the kinds of implements that people might use and, and the things you might combine them with. Again, I remind you, you, if you've got questions and you don't feel like speaking, so you don't want to call the call-in line, please do email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. I love to read your emails and I will happily answer any questions live on the show. Um, and it doesn't have to be a question about this. Just the only stupid question is the question you didn't ask. So starting with types of impact pay, we'll talk about um, slapping. Slapping is using your hand on body parts other than the bum. If you're using your hand on the bum, what you're doing is you're using your spanking, right? But everywhere else on the body, it's slapping. Um, Slapping can be a very light tap, or it can be so hard that you leave a handprint on a person. Again, you negotiate this with the people you're playing with. Slapping in the face can provoke a really intense emotional reaction. So it's something to be aware of if you're going to play like this, is to understand that that can be extremely intense um, and it can be a real trigger. So you need to be aware. And when you're negotiating, you ought to be, if you can, let somebody know what your triggers are. If you don't know what they are, at least be organizing what you're going to do for aftercare, what you're going to do in the event of a trigger. Are you going to stop play and discuss it? Um, are you going to suspend play with, the, with a view to going back into play? And what types of things you need in order to bring yourself back from a trigger. If you don't know these things, these are skills you need and you need them in general, not just in play. And so I would advise you to be going and learning them. Um, in my book, Dancing the Edge to Reclaiming Your Reality, Essential Life Skills for re People Recovering from Gaslighting and, and Trauma, um, this is uh, one of the areas that we really touch on that's really important is to understand what your triggers are. You need to be able to cue into your own feelings and to um, have some awareness and understand what happens when you're triggered. Um, to be able to do reality test is part of how you come out of a trigger that you can recognize that whatever's triggering you, whatever's going on, it isn't actually to do with what's going on now. Once you're able to recognize that, you can self-soothe and come back from it. If you can't recognize that, you're stuck in the past um, and it'll be very difficult for you to respond to what's going on in the present. So if you don't have those skills, my advice would be to get those skills. You can get them through books like my own. I teach classes in it. Um, and, and there are other people who do so as well. Boundaries is another one that would be a good one to be able to really be clear about before you start doing this. Okay, uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes following the words from our sponsors. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. 
Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how... Be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week we are doing I is for impact play. And before the break, I was talking a bit about slapping and also about dealing with an intense emotional reaction that comes about because you're triggered during, during the event. So um, this is important stuff to keep in mind. Um, Next uh, type of impact play I want to talk about is uh, also using your hands. And this one is punching. Punching also has a lot of emotional connotations. Um, it can be light or heavy and punching to the chest or the bum is a good way to do it safely. It's very thuddy. Punching in other areas can be quite dangerous. So it's something to be careful of and to be really clear about. Um, I have seen people think that it wouldn't be so bad and, um, yet, 
actually and decide that they'll do face and head and stuff and that they can pull their punches and it's no big deal not to worry um, and have that go very wrong indeed. And, you know, you just don't want to be in that situation where it's gone very, very wrong because somebody was overconfident as to how um, another person would react to some type of impact. Um, kicking. Some people absolutely some people really hate it. This is another one that provokes a hell of an emotional reaction. Um, so do take care um, and do think about it before you decide to engage in it. The advantage of all of these so far is they don't require you to have any special tools. You're using your body. And that is fantastic. It means no extra expenditure of money and uh, not having to worry if you brought what you need. You just use what you've got on you. And so with that, we'll move to spanking. Spanking is hand to the bottom. But spanking also can be paddles, belts, slappers, atas. All of that can be used in order to spank someone's bum. Traditional spanking is hand to the bottom. Um, if you want something really, really intimate, you'll have the person have no clothing on and be over your knee and you are clothed. That's incredibly um, intense and can be a lot of fun, but also can provoke emotional response, especially if you were spanked as a child, uh, the emotional response can be intense. So again, sometimes people are wanting that emotional response. They're enjoying that catharsis. Um, they're enjoying the ability to squirm or fight. Other times they don't. So it's something for a conversation and to be able to recognize Make sure you're using your safe word or safe gesture so your partner knows what's going on for you. Spanking is unbelievably common. 70% of people in a recent survey said that they either have tried spanking or would like to try spanking um, and that spanking would be fun in the bedroom. So that's another thing to keep in mind. This is not that unusual of a behavior. It's very, very popular. Whereas some of the other impact play is a little bit more risky or intense. So you've done spanking and that was fun and you want to do some other stuff and you're not quite sure what to do. Um, where do you want to go next? Flogging is the next one that I would talk about. Um, floggers are mostly multi-tailed multi um, and they're made in leather or latex or rubber. Flogger is a fantastic tool to use to tease a partner. There are even some skin floggers that have fur on them. It's a great place to start with a tease and end with a really intense, deep impact. Um, floggers come in many shapes and sizes. Larger ones are thuddier and ones with thinner tails, again, are stingier. It's nice to start with deerskin for a flogger and um, then move to elk, then move to moose, and then bullhide, which is the heaviest of the lot and the thuddiest. Starting with flogging can be a tease. So you can start with a gentle caress. You can be, you know, lightly drawing the tails of the flogger down your partner's back or down their front 
running them all over their body. So it's very uh, sensual and teasing. Um, and then you can gradually pick up the pace and gradually pick up the intensity. Um, so you can flog the buttocks, upper thighs. Yeah. And on the, a bit on the back. Flogging does take skill. So it's really important that you actually practice and learn from somebody who knows what they're doing. It requires skill. This is one of those, you know, don't try this at home. Sometimes it looks really easy until you pick the thing up. And the last thing you want to do is be hitting someone hard in places where really they shouldn't be hit at all. So that's flogging. You move from flogging to something like whipping. Now, whips are definitely stingy. There are things like a cat of nine tails, which actually has nine tails, but they're usually braided and they have a, a, a small knot at the point, also stingy. Um, these are expert tools. It can create gashes on your skin, open gashes on your skin and cause bleeding. If you're looking for that effect, that's one thing, but sometimes people do it because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, you need to be skilled enough to actually pick the depth you're going in at and your target. So this is something that um, you need lots of practice with and preferably to learn from somebody who is quite accomplished and experienced. There's fire whipping which is really intense. It makes a great show where people have some of the whip on fire. So it's definitely, um, and it, that's definitely advanced play. Whipping is advanced play. Whips can, uh, whip scenes can be used for catharsis. And there are some people who do some amazingly healing and cathartic scenes. Um, Daddy Crone does these workshops where there is that focuses on healing and the whip is used as a cathartic instrument in the circle um, in order to provoke catharsis and help someone heal and go deep. Fabulous. You want to do these workshops? Great. Do them with someone who knows what they're doing. I can highly recommend her. Um, there are other folks out there who can also do them. But before you do this, make sure that you actually talk with somebody, get a sense of them, make sure that they can answer questions about the purpose of what they're doing and the safeties that are built around what they're doing before you enter into something like that, because it can be really intense. Also really brilliant. That's why one of the reasons. Let's talk about canes it's a totally different kind of sensation. Some people who are older and who grew up in the United Kingdom may well have had experience with canes in school. Um, canes can be made of a variety of different materials. A cane is basically thin to medium stick and it gives really localized sensation. Normally, it's applied to a muscle-dense area. Caning almost always results in welts, so you need to be measured. Um, you need to take your time. You need to work up from lighter strokes to heavier strokes. It can be 
a really fun, intense sensation. For some people, cannot manage it at all. Um, there are bamboo canes, nubu canes, rattan canes, or all sorts of canes, and they each have a different level of feeling to them. Some of them are so super stingy and will cut immediately. Other ones are kind of a sting thud, thud combination. They're definitely an acquired taste. And so it's definitely something, again, that you want to start slow and try with all of these things. Dip your toe in the water first and see how you get on. And, and if you've never done it before, do it with a couple of people before you decide whether you like it or not. Because a person's um, connection with you and energy will make a difference and also their skill will make a difference. And unfortunately, a lot of times people pick implements up and they have no idea what they're doing with them. Um, they think it looks easy. It looks easy on porn. It looks easy when somebody who's expert at it is doing it. And so they decide to do it. And it's disastrous because they haven't a clue how to use the implement. We get some hybrid things like um, dragon tails, which is sort of got the whippy feel, but also got a little bit of a floggy feel. Um, belts, you know, here's another homegrown piece of equipment, right? Belts often welt. There are a lot of people who have fetishes for belts and really enjoy belts. Listen, you're not hitting with the buckle end. Remember that? Not unless you want to cause damage, um, which isn't good. You're, you're hitting with the leather end. So that's one. Um, there's the taws, which is a piece of leather that is usually it's two pieces that will slap together with a, with a split in the end. Um, those can actually be really intense, um, even though uh, they're seen as lighter implements, they're not. They can be really intense. They can create quite a welt. It's another different kind of thing that you can hit somebody with and make an impact. So we're a couple of minutes from break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about aftercare. We're going to talk about um, all the little bits and pieces about uh, safety that we haven't covered yet. And then we'll talk about the uh, events that are coming up. Um, one is coming up tomorrow and some are coming up in the next few weeks and how you can get involved. I'll see you in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. 
Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This week I am doing I is for impact play. And this is the final segment of the show. So before the break, I said we would talk some this segment about what is important in terms of making sure you've got good aftercare and things um, after an impact play session. I always recommend that aftercare include communicating all about the impact of the session itself. What was fun? What wasn't fun? What are you thinking about? What are you feeling about? You fantasizing about it still, or did something come up that you need to deal with? But I see this as ongoing communication in any relationship. And so if you're doing this as a casual one-off, you need to make sure that there's space for this. Um, You don't need to make sure that there's space for doing this together. If this is a casual scene at an event, you can decide that you're going to do the processing of the scene with um, people at home, with somebody who might be more responsible for you, with somebody you're more comfortable with. All of that works well. So it's really important, though, that you do have this in place. Aftercare is always important. With impact play, you really need to make sure you're going to tend to the physical damage that is done. So if there are bruises, you need to ice them. If there are wounds, please, please take good care of them. Infections are no joke. They're deadly for some, but for others, they're just as difficult. So please take, you know, look at each space carefully. Make sure even some grazes require uh, decent and ongoing aftercare in order to make sure that you're all right um, and that you're not getting infected um, and there's no uh, place where bacteria can get in. Um, You want to make sure that people are well hydrated. One of the things that you always want to have around a play session is bottles of water, right? You want to be drinking. And usually after a session, you do want to eat some food. Now, you might not want to eat a big meal straight away, or you might need a break during it to make sure that you've got enough energy to go through it. Here again is where it is so, so important that you know your own physical needs and that you communicate these to the person that you are playing with. If you tend towards hypoglycemia, you better know what you need. Um, I know one person who uh, is a professional who does sessions with a whip, who always makes sure to have um, uh, orange pieces and uh, little squares of chocolate and water available so that if somebody suddenly runs out of energy or feels like they're becoming um, hypoglycemic, that there's something there. There's a little bit of natural sugar there to give them. And that's um, really important. So these are the sorts of things you want to be taking care of. 
You also want to be prepared for drop. What is drop? Drop is what happens when the adrenaline and all of the good chemicals basically leave your body. They go back to the more normal levels. Sometimes they go below normal levels for a while. And people feel low. It's like it's physiological in part. And it's really important that you pay attention to this. And it's not confined to people who are doing the bottom roll. Tops also get dropped. They have lots of adrenaline and excitement and um, endorphins running through and all of a sudden, boom, gone. So uh, if you want to mitigate drop, one of the ways that you can do this is to make sure that you're well hydrated, make sure that you get rest, make sure that you have somebody to talk with, make sure that you eat, and also spend some time thinking about the enjoyable parts of the scene you've just experienced. Keep some of that going. Maybe you want to talk about it or write about it um, or think about it or fantasize about it so that some of the energy will stay in you and not just rush out really quickly. But it is inevitable after heavy scenes that there will be some degree of drop. And it is useful to be telling yourself, this is what's happening. I'm experiencing drop. It's not, things are not horrible. The world isn't horrible. Um, everything isn't ending. I'm just experiencing drop and this will pass. So do the things that you need to do that give you comfort when you're feeling low or down or low energy, because it's a known phenomena. It's something that happens. Um, and so it's it, it particularly this, the more intense the scene or the longer period of time, if you go to an event for a weekend, drop is more likely to be present. If you have to go back into an environment where you're, where you can't talk about any of this part of your life, and we're talking about sex is frowned upon or talking about um, having fun is frowned upon or talking about partying is having is frowned upon any kind of partying is frowned upon um, then you know that will make drop worse so have a couple of people who understand what what it is you're doing and why you like doing it that you can go to and talk about how you're feeling who will listen to you maybe get some extra hugs that's always useful too but it's really important that you pay attention to these things so drop doesn't become the beginnings of a depression because that's not helpful at all. It's good for no one. And um, in the longer short term, really just feels nasty. So definitely this is something you want to be paying attention to. So um, let me see where we are with questions just at this minute. Oh, uh, Jeff wanted to know um, if there are particular things that you would want to avoid for impact. Well, I'll tell you that um, I've seen people play with chains. I've seen people play with improvised in instruments with spikes on them. I mean, people can be really, really intense. I would advise you to get training in anything you're going to use. And if you're going to make homemade weapons, well, you better know what kind of damage they can do before you use them. So that's my advice. No, no, you don't have to spend a lot of money. You can go to a DIY store and get a paint, paint stir or go buy a ruler and you can use that as, a, as an implement, not very expensive and usually more safe. Although be careful about splinters. I'm not joking when I say that. I'm not trying to be funny. That's definitely one of the things that can be a real issue. Um, um, I had a suggestion come in um, 
from one of the listeners who said that one of the ways of making sure that um, you can have people to talk to about these things is that you can establish a support group or go to a support group and they need not be close friends. And that's a great piece of advice. So let me talk about what's going on tomorrow night. I mentioned it last week. We've got a virtual play party happening on a platform that allows you to actually keep your agency and move through and see all the different kinds of activities that are going on and participate as you like. Uh, the, fun, the fundraiser is to create this virtual safe space where there's social space, where there's uh, good quality and vetted education and um, some therapeutic and peer support space all in one location away from prying eyes so we can get off social media and, and deal with the fact that there's so much censorship and also that there doesn't seem to be room for, for multiple points of view, which is definitely um, a problem. So that's what we're fundraising for. This party is going to be off the chain. It starts at 10 p.m. UK time. It goes till 7 a.m. UK time. There are all sorts of things. There's going to be kinky bingo. There's going to be direct the dominant. There's going to be the opportunity to peek into the play spaces of at least four leather people and see the way they play. There's going to be a cigar party. Um, and it's just going to be fun. And tarot readings, it, it's going to be a blast. You want to come to this. You do not want to miss this. Tickets are £10 each, and then there's in-party purchases. So if you want to get a ticket, head over to my website, drlauribethbisbee.com. Click the events tab in the menu bar, and this event will come up. There are some two or three VIP tickets left, which give you a package of everything, or you can buy one of the regular tickets. If you bring somebody with you or you recommend to somebody and they purchase a ticket too. So the more people who purchase tickets, because you said so, each time you get an entry into a draw to win a gorgeous rose flogger or another flogger that's also wonderful, which actually has a handle with a clip and you can clip different attachments onto it. So do not miss this event. I hope I see all of you there. Next week, the letter is J. Yeah, it is. It's J. Have a safe week. Have a fun week. And I look forward to seeing all of you then. <laughs>